We are back talking all things The Flash Season 3 and more. This is a podcast where nerd cards are earned and sometimes even taken away. Matterson, you know who you are. I still want it back. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is the man you should always talk The Flash with, Mr. Will Polk. Thank you. Hello. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to talking the episode three. 15, the Wrath of Savitar with you tonight. Right? And who else am I going to talk the Flash with? Like, who? Hmm. Well, there is this character named Matt that apparently exists, but we never can find him. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously direct messaged him this week saying, link twice. If you are alive, and then <laughs> let me know that you blink twice. <laughs> I can't see you, so let me know. But if you are alive, Matt, please tweet us or just blink twice. Something. Yes. yes. We're Wait. very nervous. <laughs> no. Well, we tease because we care. Yes, always. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker <laughs> on my car, especially. <laughs> So, Will, how's everything going? Going well. Good week. Good week. Glad it's the weekend. And for for the states that recognize daylight savings time, uh, uh, try to bank up your hours now because we're going to lose one. <laughs> Thank you for the PSA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a slogan. Bank up your hours now because you're going to one soon. <laughs> I have a friend from Arizona. He has he makes it his one man campaign to end daylight savings time. Uh, yeah, he's here in North Carolina now, but uh, his he's been quiet on like social media, Facebook for 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 weeks, and then he made this grand reappearance where he is uh, he, he he waged his campaign once again. It's an annual thing, well, biannual thing of. Why daylight savings time makes no sense. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So he should just move to Alaska, and then I can show him exactly why it makes a little bit of sense. Ah, just a little bit. I will tell him that. I will tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. I saw Logan this week. I earn a nerd card. You earn your nerd card. I. I did. You you earned it back. Multiple what? times over. I just get it. I just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Don't appreciate it. <laughs> I was talking with a friend of mine today about Logan, and either they liked it. I haven't seen it yet. I do want to see it, but uh, uh, they left. They, they, they felt it lacked the story. That's a direct quote. But you on the other hand, I think you, I think you enjoyed it, correct? Yeah, I I liked it. I can see their point, though, about the story. There's a lot more quiet moments in it than you would think. And alternatively, to balance that out, there's a lot of, like, extended fight sequences. Mm. Some of the best choreography, though, in a X-Men movie that I've seen in a very long time. Huh. And... Cool. Boyd Holbrook, who plays the villain, mm -hmm. he needs to be cast in more villain roles. I mean, that guy is just waiting for a Joker moment to occur where he can just really come out and shine because they gave him a pretty decent amount to work with. But clearly this movie is about Logan, Professor X, X-23. It's not about the villain, yet he's still coming out of the movie, there's just scenes with him that are continue to run through my mind because he has so much charisma. And finally, the little girl who plays X-23. She's going to be a star. Oh, <laughs> like, you heard it here, y'all. It's just crazy how good she is in that movie. And I... She, I mean, she could be like the female version of Tom Cruise and just always in those action movies. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> yep, yep. But yeah, when you so listen to I'm, this podcast years from now, whenever you know, she is making a huge and and X, you know, X Men twenty three or X Men, you know, 
Reckoning or whatever the title is, you, you heard it first here. Y'all. I don't. Got a I don't well, I guess I it's sort of like it's like Emma Watson, I guess, in the Harry Potter movies. You know, you just you knew out of that group, she would probably be the one that would break out and have a successful career. My money was on Rupert Grint. I lost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> But I liked Ron. I liked Ron. And I still, I'm one of those Harry Potter nerds who I still don't really understand how Ron and Hermione, like, ended up together. I always thought it was supposed to be Harry and Hermione. <laughs> like, I, I feel a little bit robbed with that. Like, when you're first reading that series and you're like, oh, classic story. They're going to have a love affair and then that's the best friend. And then it swerves. And I'm like... And I thought it was interesting. I just didn't fully get it until about the fifth or sixth book. And that's way late in that series. So, but enough about Harry Potter. We're yeah. here to talk the Flash. Well, and, you know, and folks, Potter was relevant there because we had we do have Tom Felton on the show. So we, we, didn't, we weren't too far afield. Yes, yes, Tom Felton. I forgot that he was on. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's an excellent point because Tom Felton, I was worried when they first cast him because having grown up with the Harry Potter movies, grown up with the books, I see him as Draco Malfoy. Now he's Julian from yep. The Flash. He and is. I don't, I don't look at him like Draco Malfoy, and I can see him doing other things in the future. I, I you know, I'm there with you. Uh, felt the same way when I heard casting. It was first, it was like, wow, we, you know, pretty, pretty big news getting someone from, you know, another from a very iconic series to to be on the show. Um, but yeah, he, he he really is Julian. I don't, I don't think Malfoy anymore either. Right. Well. He is Julian, but we don't know if he is Julian because we mm. don't know if Savitar is <laughs> Julian. We could go ahead and throw throw one of those theories out there. So is Julian Savitar? It's going to become a drinking game. We should make a drinking game of like uh, who who is Savitar? No, we already have a drinking game because, and we are going to even talk about this tonight because you're constantly like, this person's going to like <laughs> suffer a fate worse than death. No, this oh, person. <laughs> oh, I already have it in my in my notes here. Like, it's I can, this the weekly punchline. This, you know, I'm just waiting for the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, the wrath of Savitar, episode fifteen basically is about Wally West trying to deal with his visions of Savitar, which they teased in the previous episode. And meanwhile, this leads to Barry's entire plan to prevent the love of his life from dying completely unravels. It just collapses right in front of him. And the prophecy that I believe we were told, correct me if I'm wrong, Will, Mm -hmm. all the way back in the mid-season finale starts to come a little bit true. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, I think we got one rung of the prophecy being um, possibly fulfilled. Wouldn't it be two? Let's see. I, I counted two. So we've got two. one will betray you. And betray? Fate, yeah, we got the betrayal. And fate. <laughs> you said, thank you. Fate worse than death. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. I count two. <laughs> Which, I don't know. Why do you think that they decided to reveal both of those in the same episode? See, I'm not sure if the Caitlyn betrayal is the betrayal. Or the fate worse than death is the fate. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think there are elements of it, but, and I know we're episode 15 out of, out of you know, so we're, 23. we are 23, 23. So we are, <laughs> you know, so of course they're going to have to start tying some of these, tying some of these things up. But I, I, I think maybe we got one for sh- one. One of them is a for sure fulfillment, and the other one uh, partial. And you're talking about the Caitlyn 
keeping a part of the stone. Yeah. I think, okay. yeah, Caitlin keeping part of the stone because I think Wally, I mean, a fate worse than death could be any number of things. Yes, Wally going into the Speed Force um, could be, yeah, I mean, but he's, but I, I would assume he would be coming back. I mean, Wally is, you know, a pretty integral part of the, the Flash uh, legacy, so uh, he's going to, he'll be temporarily in the Speed Force, but he's coming back, so. In right. some in some form or fashion, and I know in the past, you know, last week I said maybe when he does come back, he's without his powers. Mm. And I and you picked up on that point that given that he didn't receive his powers naturally, he got him from Savitar, which again was was touched on heavily in this episode. Um, and you know what was also touched on in this episode with Wally is how much he wanted the powers to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. So then could you also argue that yes, it is a fate worse than death to be in the, in the speed force, but even if he makes it out and he comes back with no powers for Wally West, that is a fate worse than death. Yeah, it is. Wow. It is. It's like Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll just we'll see how it all plays out. I mean that that that, and you know maybe by being in the Speed Force he he does naturally get powers as part of part of his way of coming out. Ooh, it, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Uh, yeah. I I think I want to see him suffer. A little. <laughs> 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 well, sorry. this is penance. This is penance for having. You know, just exhibiting such hubris and thinking he could uh, uh, take out, deal with Savitar. Right. And and see, I agree that I'm I'm kind of iffy about this whole, oh, my God, I, te- I kept a stone and not suddenly the biggest betrayal that ever existed <laughs> with, <laughs> with Caitlin. I really, I ha- I'm having a hard time, but I do have a few good points about that whole thing. So, and I also, while watching the episode, I kind of feel like there was that reveal, and then we see Jesse and Wally, and his whole breakdown, and he runs off and is like, don't tell, don't tell Barry, and I'm like, well, is that a betrayal? Because he's clearly going to screw a whole bunch of stuff up, so which one is it? And to your point, you may be right that, no, this is just about the prophecy of a fate worse than death. The betrayal is coming down the line. However, I do want to point out, though, which one I thought it was kind of brilliant, though, at the same time for them to use Caitlin in this way, mm-hmm. because we've we even talked about this a little bit last week. We always see her use her powers now, mm-hmm. constantly saving people with this threat that Killer Frost is going to appear. And then when she does screw up, it's always, well, that was Killer Frost. It wasn't me and everything. But I feel like it was a deliberate choice to have it be Caitlin Snow, not Killer Frost, Mm -hmm. who wanted a piece of that stone. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And, you know, from a couple levels. One, it was Caitlin, not Killer Frost, that was doing this. Uh, to her, I know we're going to touch on this in a, in a while as well. Her her relationship with Julian and uh, her motivation for wanting to keep the stone and her motivation for inviting him to be a part of Team Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, and three to pick up on the theme that have that Savitar, you know, you know, he- threw heavily on Barry, but also applies to Caitlin as well the selfish decision mm-hmm. that uh, that each individual makes. In her case, the, uh, you know, the consequences be damned. I want to be rid of my powers. Barry doing what he, you know, engaging with, you know, this proposal to Iris and just, well, hell, everything that's happened this season <laughs> from the point that right. he, from, from when he created Flashpoint to begin with, you know, at the end of last season. Yep. No, I I totally agree. Like that that was my next point about how at the end of the episode you have two people 
who made rash decisions and they completely blow up in their faces. And it's Barry and Caitlin who are two of them. I mean, Barry, not so much anymore, but Caitlin's always represented like that innocence to her, um, which they always do a good job to parallel with her darker mm-hmm. side of Killer Frost. Mm-hmm. But just this idea that we still understood each of them and their intentions, but their intentions were spurred by such selfish and desires that that's why at the end of it, it was bad decisions as opposed to good decisions when it's for the greater good, like a hero should be thinking about. And, and I just, I, I really love that end moment for yeah. that reason. Yeah. That, that was, that was, that was a, a strong, strong moment and a very strong ending to the episode. Um, and, and, and because really these, you know, I think you really touched on really well about Caitlin is that she always seems to be the innocent person mm-hmm. in, in, the, in this group. Whereas uh, Barry, you know, as Jay pointed out to him earlier in the season, has, has made some very, you know, bad decisions and almost, again, you know, tries to get the, the gets into this godlike mode where he just I know what's the universe. <laughs> I create, yeah, I I know what's best here. Trust me on this, guys. I you know I noticed that in this episode uh, early on when uh, when the team was uh, standing there in a the room uh, mm-hmm. and Barry's like, I got this. I, I, I just follow my lead on this show. I know what I'm doing here. You know, it's this I I I I, and it's just a very you know. You know, it's very interesting to see Barry's character arc from season one to, to now, whereas before you had you had this character who was very sympathetic in the sense of you know his his mother was killed by uh, by the Reverse Flash mm-hmm. and uh, you know and this, the, the uh, you know, he's he's learning his powers and everything then. Uh, Second season, the whole arc of Zoom, and and how it culminates with the death of Henry. Right. And losing both, it 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 really pushed Barry over, I think, over the edge, to a point where when earlier in this season, where when Caitlin was partially was in Killer Frost mode, and she just unloaded on everybody. really pointed out it's always about you Barry it's always about you <laughs> who cares about everybody else it's always about you and, and he and, and what's you know what's best for Barry and not necessarily for the rest of the group yeah no I I love what? that moment that's probably one of my favorite scenes if not my favorite scene from the season yeah. is her monologue when she's locked up in Killer Frost mode. Like, it yeah. was perfect. Yeah, yeah. So well done. And, now, and Barry, you know, and you know, as, as I was saying before, a very sympathetic character and hero. Now it's kind of like, huh, Barry, Barry's a little ambiguous now. More so than, the, more so than Oliver. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got a good comparison for that. A little bit later, yeah. but before we go down there, I just want to go back to how you brought up Julian and his relationship with Caitlin in this episode was much more interesting than I thought it ever could be mm-hmm. <laughs> because they just taught. I love how you brought it up in the sense that is she really innocent in this or is she leading him on? I mean, is you do start to question, like, clearly this guy has a crush on you, mm-hmm. and yet you're encouraging it because you also think he might have the answers for to help heal you, to help save you from this other person. And there's an understanding, and I like how even that was tested because they keep, all of a sudden, if they can't use Caitlyn to save the day, suddenly they're using Julian to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope. We know this hurts and you really don't want to go and down this dark well, but we're going to have to hook you up to Savitar again. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> it's like the worst. 
I'm not the human Ouija board. I love that line. Was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Human Ouija board. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. Julian. That's, and yep. I mean, I ask you, Will, does she have legitimate feelings for Julian or is this all self-service? Ooh. Hmm. I see. I, hmm. I, I, I'm probably going to say the unpopular thing here. But I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, but I think it's self-serving. I think she's being completely self-serving here. Yeah. And I, I, I know I'm gonna get the rat, the, you know, the the beehive has nothing on the case <laughs> man, so I know I'm going to get my 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 mentions are probably gonna get uh, breaked over the coals over. Uh, I'm gonna get hey, raked over the coals. If- if they but, don't have a ship name, then they ain't a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna put it out there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it may not be popular to say, but I think Caitlin's being very self-serving here. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and and then it makes you wonder. Well, if she really doesn't have feelings for him, how does that? lower his chances of being killed off this season and do i do i want that so maybe it's a good thing she's being self-serving <laughs> i don't know yeah i mean i guess i guess let's take it out of universe for a second i, I can't remember and it should probably look on imdb right now to see how if this contract runs multiple years or not so oh but i i feel okay. like i I can't trust that with the Brillanti universe, which yeah. is a positive for them because they kill characters left and right. Yeah. And some, I mean, at the same time, clearly with next week's episode preview, the the actors always come back yeah. to do smaller things. So I'm not, I'm not, I kind of want to stay, remain in the dark on Julian a little bit. Just because I find him such an interesting addition to the season. Yeah, I'm glad that they did. I'm glad that they did the alchemy arc very, very compact. And I'm glad they revealed it when they did, because it really did open up all kinds of great storytelling opportunities by making a part of Team Flash. Yes, It, it kind of felt like, the writers knew that they had to tell this alchemy um, story really quick to the point, almost jarring for the viewers where we're like, really? You're yeah. going to review it, like reveal it in episode six. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, we all saw it coming, right? but because the writers had foresight and they knew the more interesting part of it is the ramifications of having that done to Julian and where that leads him, um, especially with his involvement in Team Flash. Yeah. And and now we get this very ambiguous relationship with Caitlin, which just I didn't think about this at all when I was watching and only came up while we were talking about it. But besides that great ending parallel, the relationship between Julian and Caitlin clearly parallels the relationship with Iris and Barry. Mm. Because with Julian and Caitlin, it's ambiguous. It's gray. We're not sure how legitimate those feelings are. And then we have Barry and Iris. Yeah. Who, Joe, Papa West, love your fatherly moments. And you said it so brilliantly. Like, the only thing that should, like... With the lives Barry and Iris lead, the thing that should remain simple is their love for one another. Yep. Joe West. Oh, oh Joe. <laughs> the feels. The total feels. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he, I, I, I have nothing more to add. I mean, he, he nailed it. And I, I will touch on, I do have to touch on Barry. And, and not asking Joe for permission. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Um, Barry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Let me B- talk to you. B A B A B A. To ref to uh, channel HR. Really, dude. I mean, really. And I guess it. it, it I guess it just reinforces the, what the point I made earlier about the arc of Barry being going from 
the you know, very selfless person to a very selfish person. Mm, nice. Um, over over the course of the series. Mm-hmm. And it, the ultimate, I mean, it hit, he hit the peak of Everest with that moment. I mean, when uh, Joe, when Joe broke the news at the beginning of the episode and Joe, the look on Joe's face was just priceless. I mean, yeah. Jesse L. Martin played that beautifully. Um, yeah. You're like, it was, you got to be effing kidding me. You have lived under my roof. I ra- practically raised you. And, he, you know, and Joe in, in character, he, felt, he said this. And you didn't have the decency to come to me and ask my permission. Not in the, not in the, you know, paternalistic, you know, my daughter's my property kind of thing, but just the just respect man to man of, of wanting to do this. And yeah, it, it, Jesse, he played it beautifully. Yeah, it, it kind of makes you wonder, though, in retrospect, why didn't I think about this whole scenario when when Barry clearly didn't ask Jeff's or not yeah. Jesse, but Joe for yeah. his for the hand in marriage? Like that yeah. was red flag number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It you're right. It does make sense. It's like, why? Yeah, why didn't you do this? Uh, he's like, didn't I raise you better? <laughs> Yeah, well, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Oh, that yeah, true, true. A bunch of other but, questions. Yeah, but get it. But you, you know, you raised earlier with the flashpoint. At least now you can see it in the Madison couple, regardless of the fact that they were practically brother and sister. Right. Yeah. No, I've I've kind of moved on from that, and yeah. I think the writers make deliberate choices for when they include those reminders about the long extended history and the unrequited love, yada, yada, yada. But I think it's so, I mean, just that whole plot line then is actually really constructed well, because you have the moment where everyone's happy and even the viewers are kind of reminding themselves, yes, they did get engaged. That legitimately happened. But Barry didn't ask for the hand in marriage. What's yeah. up with that? Yeah. And then Wally goes to the future. Oh, yes. This takes him. Brilliant choice. And what do we see? We see a hand. We see Iris's hand with no ring. Mm-hmm. No ring. Mm-hmm. So now it's very interesting, though, because at the end of this episode, she doesn't have a ring on her finger. So we're not really sure if even in the original timeline there was a proposal but what we do learn is that last week when Barry was talking about how he had to find another way he did pull an Oliver Queen yep and he found another way a very bad other way <laughs> and he decided well i'm going to propose to her and that's going to be the single event that changes her fate because <laughs> she didn't have a ring, so I'm gonna give her a ring. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it just, it's one of those like face palm moments where you're like, I'm just what about? I mean, because clearly when Savitar kills her in the future, she didn't have a ring, but. I mean, that Barry, I guess, I mean, I guess clearly Barry thought, you know, he came up with this grand plan that if I do this, this is going to change the arc of the timeline and, and we'll somehow magically protect her. Uh, and, 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 and even going back to not only the proposal, but just the simple fact of them moving in together into their apartment. Yeah. Doing all those things to, to try to arc the timeline. But, uh, uh, yeah, clearly, he guessed wrong. Yeah, Barry. Or, or, or maybe he guessed right. We again. I think. I guess the thing is with this, this, this future, this vision that we vibe to uh, with speed. You know, whenever they threw the box into the speed force, Foster's mm-hmm. home. I mean, it, there's always the case. There is. This is just one possibility. 
Right. Uh, right. But, you know, could this be that, you know, and, and many genre predestination kind of story, story arcs, I mean, this event is going to happen regardless of what Barry does. Right. Which, no, it's... You know, so we can go several different ways on that. The, the thing I was, uh, when I was watching it and even watching it again, was, you know, just how easily Cisco was like, okay. <laughs> you don't want to see it? Yes, I do. Okay, fine. You know, I'm like, really, Cisco? I mean, Cisco is like, you know, if anybody's going to betray the team, it's going to be Cisco because he will fold like a cheap suit every single time. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I just, I'm just picturing how from now on you always have to do a Cisco impression whenever we record. <laughs> like, just classic. <laughs> but continue. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, first season we had, you know, all you got to do is put Cisco in a box and he will always, he will always, you know, spill the beans and to do whatever he, you know. Well, you know, actually this, this reminds me about something I did want to bring up and the fact that I feel like this episode it's been a while since we've had a Barry Allen-centric episode. Yeah, you're and right. this is very much Barry's story. I mean, Wally carries a big burden in it and does a lot of heavy lifting, but at the end of it, it's still about Barry and his arc and his struggles. And all the characters around him are used much more in this ancillary way where Cisco, barely any lines of dialogue, really just trying to move the plot forward, yeah. trying to allow these secrets. So I can see how, from one perspective, it's kind of annoying because we love all these characters mm -hmm. and we feel like they need equal screen time and good story arcs. But at the end of the day, the writers only have so much time to give. So often I feel like they take turns yeah. where we're going to have a Cisco episode. We're going to have a Caitlin episode, Barry's episode, but episodes where it's about Barry, really, those are the ones that I feel like we get those very much emotional tugs. And it's just a classic reminder that despite how much we love this entire universe, it's still Barry's story. Yeah. And Good point. if we, yep. Yeah, and if we're not following him, then it gets lost along the way. So yeah, yeah, and we yeah, yeah. and we discussed that before, where it seemed like after the the uh, mid season finale and the and the kickoff, it, the story, it, you know, it, things had kind of stalled for a couple of episodes, yeah. and it's good that they're getting back. I mean, with the Grodd versus Barry. Grod, yeah. I mean, we were getting back to to your to, to the the pendulum was swinging back to Barry, mm -hmm. and and then this episode truly was a a Barry episode, um, showing how how flawed our hero is. Yeah, he's a he's a very much a flawed hero, but I want to talk about some flaws I noticed, or just some very confusing points I mm -hmm. noticed in this whole Wrath of Savitar. Okay, let's okay. So let's talk about um, a surprise character who I never thought I would see again, and neither did Wally. Mama West. Yes. Mama West, just sitting there all creepily, just hanging out. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it makes but it makes sense because uh, uh, you know we saw Cisco Savitar used uh, Cisco's brother this way. Yes. Yes. So uh, it it makes it. For me, it didn't bother me too much. It, it made mm -hmm. sense. Um, and they kind of teased it when they did the, the recap at the beginning of the episode, bringing, you know, with the vision of Mama West and, and Wally uh, talking, of, you know, his regrets uh, about not being there. Right. Uh, I, You know, I skipped the recap. Oh. Maybe that's why I was so surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta watch the recap. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, obviously. you do. <laughs> no, then it spoils things. Then no, it spoils things. It doesn't spoil things. It puts things. It puts things in context. 
It's all about <laughs> it's all about context. Well, okay then, because really, I mean, yes, I I, I skipped the recap, so just seeing her to begin with caught me off guard. But also, it kind of reminded me. We never really got a lot of information about Wally's grief over his mom's death. I mean, a lot of that plot was given to Iris, who's mm-hmm. a character at that point we well-established. We yeah. knew her. But it is interesting that a season or a half a season later, um, later, you're just starting to realize that as much as Barry who also lost his mother, is constantly doing these heroic heroic actions to try to, like, make him better and make her proud. Wally's the same way. Mm-hmm. And all leads back to that bond. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting. It is a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the writers have done a very good job of creating that, that, that uh, bond between Wally and Barry, you know, despite it. I guess parallels of mm-hmm. losing their mother. Um, it, you know, in this universe, uh, just like in the comic book universe, Barry and Wally have always the, the common thread was was also Iris, um, right? Uh, just in, in a different con- different storytelling context, but uh, uh, but yeah, right. I mean, they're very are they are they they do have they do have a bond. Um, but getting back to, to, to Mom West, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was and Wally in particular, as far as his, his emotion, it was uh, good in the sense that we 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 saw a glimpse of what you were men- mentioning before the the lack of Wally's uh, feelings about his mother's death. I mean, yes, it was. You know, it was been a while, but it all came back, and we saw it. How and actually, how Savitar used that to manipulate him right. into 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 using Wally for his purposes. Yeah, clear manipulation, which is actually, and I think maybe to go back to that scene where he reveals his entire plan. That took me entirely out of the episode. Maybe that's why it caught me off guard because Savitar, when he's not on screen, he is such a more powerful mm-hmm. presence mm-hmm. because it's pure manipulation of well-established grief and pain that these characters have gone through. And that's really fascinating to watch. But to stay in this whole Wally scenario, the thing that really did catch me off guard and took me out and I kind of feel like it's a flaw is so Wally's freaking out. He just saw his mom who turned out to be Savitar manipulation and Jesse's standing there confused, totally <laughs> confused. And then Wally tells her, I'm going to go stop him and just runs away. Why? Why didn't Jesse run after him? After Wally or after Savitar? After Wally. Um, that's a good point. I don't know. I I, I don't have an answer for you. I mean, unless the only thing I can figure is she. I won't say she was stunned. Um. I, yeah, clearly it's she's. Okay. A, yeah, I mean, clearly she's a speedster, so I mean. She, she, could, she could run him down. Right. I mean, it's, now think about that and then add in one more instance of she then goes, finds Barry, tells him what's going on. Then they bring up the security footage and they see Wally in trouble and Barry leaves and Jesse's just standing there. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's, but it's interesting, though. She is a speedster who couldn't see Savitar. Okay, that brings me to another thing, uh, because I felt like they established nobody else could see Savitar for three-fourths of the episode. It was just Wally. Mm-hmm. And then during the final scene, they bring up the security footage, and clearly there's Savitar which I think is an editing error. I really honestly do because I feel like it's a mistake to have him shown because then that makes the viewer think, well, these characters can see that 
see him when they shouldn't. See, I my I had a, I had a whatever I was, saw your your note about that. Um, my thinking on that one is when he was still in the Speed Force, only people who had a true link to the Speed Force could see him. Right. So when they when Wally inadvertently released him, he came out of the Speed Force into our universe. So now everybody can see him. And that's why he also seemed a little slower than he was before. Because before, you know, when he was in the Speed Force, <laughs> he could, you know, he was omnipotent. He, you know, he had the direct line to the gods. And he could be everywhere at once. I mean, that's, you know, that's why he was able to do all the crazy things to Jay and, and, and Barry at the beginning of the season. Right. Now, the the only thing, though, is there's that scene when Wally's freaking out in front of Barry, and Barry couldn't see Savitar either. Hmm. True. It was in that, like, alleyway, which I almost forgot about. So, basically, they're off to stop a fire, and then Wally sees Savitar and suddenly lets them all burn. Yeah, I know. That that was the whole of the story. I was like, oh, well, I hate it for those people. (laughs) I did did think that while I was watching it, and I was just like, huh, I should – yeah, I was like, (laughs) You are a speedster. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. (laughs) But, see, I think – I think at that point, it was. I think it was Wally's having having those visions. It, I mean, no, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. um, that he was getting flung around like a rag doll, um, uh, and then Barry just shows up and decides he can't see Savitar. But um, I, I mean, I mean, maybe it was just that. Maybe it was just that that brief portal where Savitar could you know, work his way out of the speed force to do this. And then Barry, that's why Barry couldn't see him. Right. And I mean, I also to, to go to that point about being like a rag doll and everything in that scene, I kind of do like the fact that for majority of the episode, it was only Wally who could see Savitar mm-hmm. because we finally got that perspective shot that I was waiting for. I think I complained about it a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Like this idea you are being thrown around and you can't see the thing behind it like that. It's just terrifying. And you kind of saw that. I still like, even as we're talking about to me, I kind of just want to rewatch the episode to see the timeline because I could have sworn when they first bring up the security footage. So Savitar is still in the Speed Force. They use a shot where it clearly shows Savitar and Wally. And I'm look, I'm thinking, I'm like, what? Why would you do that? Yeah, see, <laughs> you, I looked at you've it. established rules. Yeah, so I looked. I did watch episode right before, we, before, before, and and so they had. So you had the the vortex. That Wally tried to create the first time wasn't fast enough. They had <laughs> security, <laughs> yeah. They had security footage, but they still, at that point, could not see Savitar. Only okay. Wally could see it. Okay. Then he tosses the fragment of the stone into the vortex, and that's when the breach happens. And then, of course, they, the team sees. Wally get pulled into the speed force and then Barry, and then of course Barry's just standing there, you know, dumbfounded, like what did I do? And see as Wally gets pulled in. And what do you do in that situation? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I would try to pull him out. I mean, you are the flash. I mean, come on, you know, but, Oh, uh, maybe man. maybe he'll have a flashbacks to what happened to him when they tried to give him his powers back last season. Uh, who knows? But but getting back to the seeing the whole group seeing Avatar, it was after he came out of the vortex where they mm-hmm. could see him on the security camera. Okay, rest your case. I yeah. believe you. 
I just, it, it was a very convoluted plot point that I feel like got a little shuffled, but I mean, I feel like it's been sorted out and you solved it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it was very, <laughs> yeah, well, it was, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you can, I'll, I'll see you in my bill. Uh, <laughs> but it, I, 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 you know, I guess it was one of those points. We the first time I watched it, it was kind of it was very quick, and and mm-hmm. you know, it was a moment where things, you know, because you had the the failed vortex, and you had the second one where he was actually able to toss it in there, but uh, they could not see him. They could they could see the they could see Wally reacting to it, but not but couldn't see Savitar. Okay. So then explain to me why I felt like it was common knowledge already that we knew Savitar was trapped in the Speed Force. And yet in this episode, clearly none of the other characters realize that until this episode. That is a good plot hole because <laughs> didn't I mean the whole point of throwing the Philosopher's Stone that they that's what Barry and Jay Loan, you know, Jay loaned Barry Speed to toss the thing into the Speed Force, right? Right, but why would you toss it into the very thing that Savitar is trapped in? But he what? Maybe. Hmm. But then now this make this episode makes me think. Oh, they did that because they didn't realize he was trapped in there. Because you're basically giving him his like get out of jail free card. I think, well, that I guess that goes to the point of the manipulation of Wally to get him out of the Speed Force. Mm-hmm. Which, bravo I mean, on that manipulation. Yeah, uh, and because maybe yeah, you know, we've seen the whole flat, you know, Speedster ghost being two places of once trick, and, you know, maybe that's, you know, getting back to our earlier point. Only speedsters who had a true link to the Speed Force could could see Savitar, because as you as as we know at the beginning of the season, only Jay and Barry could see him. Wally could. Um. But didn't he see him? But it see, was it was when he that, was when he's, when he was putting the husk though, right? Right, it was after yeah. that. It was in the mid-season finale where there's that Star Labs showdown and then um, Cisco ends up closing the box. Right. And that's what... But... But but, but, but Savitar gave Wally his speed, so they're, in, they're linked together that way. <laughs> Solved it. <laughs> like, I got, nope, I got, I got. I'll, I'll pull an answer out of my ass like anything. You know? <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. It's so weird to me. I, I felt like I was just waiting for some like new information. I'm like, really, yeah. you guys? You didn't already know that? Make that connection. <laughs> I could have sworn we've talked about this. <laughs> well. Writers, if you listen, if you by some chance come across our, our podcast, you're filling that plot hole for yes. Sarah's benefit. Or just just explain to me how you figure out this expositional dialogue because every now and then I feel like I don't need it. So <laughs> kind of got kind of a little fat off that episode. <laughs> yeah. So you before we started recording, you brought up an amazing theory about who Savitar is and it does not begin with Eddie and it does not end with Vaughn. So do you want to drop that theory? Sure, sure. So um, just watching I think just observing on Twitter and Facebook and the various chat rooms and stuff, we, we've seen several theories throughout the season who Savitar could be. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, one popular one of course is status Eddie. Um, right. And there's some things that were said during this episode that could that lends lends uh, credence to that theory. Um, and then there's some other schools of thought out there that is a, a future fairy. And um, I have jumped off the Eddie track to now as a, a future future fairy track. Uh, and the reason there are a few points in that uh, I think. Uh, 
just getting back to the whole arc that we've been talking about this evening is the the, the selfish actions of Barry uh, are going to lead him to do some very dumb things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> more dumb things that he hasn't already done. <laughs> <laughs> but one of those is uh, I think the, the the whole the whole element of fear. Uh, it's really a true undercurrent throughout the season and it's building and they really did a great job of really driving that home and that, that first, uh, time that Julian was, uh, was, uh, speaking through Savitar speaking through Julian this episode. And there's some things that were said in there, for example, bringing up reverb, uh, that, you know, Eddie didn't know reverb. So, that's one reason why I don't think that is Eddie. Um, another thing is uh, thinking back to the invasion episodes with the crossover mm-hmm. uh, and even on Legends of Tomorrow to bring another show, we had the future recording of Barry. Yeah. That uh, was played uh, for the team and uh, it was very in that recording was very clear to tell everyone, don't, you know, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, watch your back. Don't trust anyone, including me. Right. And so I'm thinking that all these events and one of the tipping points of this season with the the fear-based proposal, uh, things going on with Caitlin, uh, his, again, failure to, you know, protect the people he loves most, you know, in this case, like last season was his father. Now it's Iris. And this, those constant failures is going to push him over the edge. And, and he is going to have a, just a breakdown and it's going to manifest itself into, to, to into Savitar. He's going to do something like, like the flashpoint that we saw at the end of season two, that's going to, he's going to just completely lose his mind, lose his morals and just go off the edge. And, uh, Become this 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 demon goddess feed. Mm-hmm. He's losing pull, 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 his mind. Pulling pull, 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 pull pull Cisco and pulling a Star Wars reference. He's going to be like Anakin when he was sitting there with with uh, Palpatine in the theater to learn how to say Padme. He's going to make a deal. He's going to make a deal with the devil. And he's going to become Darth Vader. Oh man. The- so, so to save Iris, he has to become Sabathur? Yes. Interesting. He did not drop that before we started recording, so that's a whole new layer of phantasm that I kind of... I want I, it to come true. I really, really do. Well, cause, I mean, he, <laughs> this whole thing, you know, you know, when you think about this season, he's he realizes that at first he was like, I can't save Wally, Iris. Wally, you're going to have to do it. And and it's just building to this point where it's you know they've been constantly trying to get faster, faster, faster in order to to to, to, to basically traverse that distance that he needs to to, to do to stop um, Savitar from killing Harris. Right, and but I mean I think also. Your, your theory makes a lot of sense for me because you start the season with Flashpoint and there's a classic line of dialogue said by Eberth Vaughn, Barry, you're the villain now. Mm-hmm. And they even reference Flashpoint in this episode they, they where did. Savitar is like, you did this because you inspired me to make Wally into Kid Flash and this whole... You you provi- showed me his desire for this, and I'm gonna manipulate it and get my way. And it's me for him, and it's just this fair trade, and it's and it was perfect. And and that came from a decision Barry made at the end of season two that was very selfish and saying, I and it was out of grief too, which yep. grief definitely relates to Savitar. And then you're also reminded of if it again in the sense that Savitar's whole story Barry's clearly the vi- villain in it and we yeah. don't know why or how that happens it's very similar to Barthon 
Um, I don't think it is Eobarthon. And now that I hear this theory about it being future Barry, I, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that would be fascinating and such a better reveal than having it be Jay Garrick underneath a mask, which it could be. Yeah, it could be again. <laughs> it could be another. I, I don't think this gonna. I don't think it's gonna be another Earth speedster this time. It's. I mean, it, this just whenever Julian when Savitar is speaking Barry to Julian. Barry is a speedster. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to cut you off there. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but I don't think it's going to be a berry from another Earth. That's my point. It's mm. going to, I think it's. I mean, the things that Savitar said to the Team Flash when speaking to Julian were all things that were things that only a person who's intimately involved with Team Flash would know. Right. So it has to be someone. Um, within the group, and it's not going to be Joe. I mean, he's not a meta, obviously. I mean, you don't know that. we don't know that, of course. We could <laughs> Barry could create another thing that's. I mean, you know, if we could really, really go afield and be and say, "Hey, it's not actually it's ours." <laughs> <laughs> if we really want to be silly, uh, but uh, it could. Be, well, could it be Julian? Maybe. Maybe. That's another. I I don't want it to be Julian. No, I don't like that. No. I don't. I don't like that. It could, you know, uh, is it, we'll see how. I mean, we'll see. We're going to see the ghost of Eddie, Ronnie, and, and Captain Cold. Oh yeah, you. we got to talk about that trailer. Uh, <laughs> so you know, so there is a. Uh, there were some. There were some morsels. There were still some things there that it could be Eddie, but yeah. uh, that were said. Oh, especially, yes. especially the dynamic between, uh, you know, the, clearly the dynamic between Barry, Wally, and Eddie, and the simple fact that now Iris is with Barry, and and of course, of course, Barry's now gone, blown it up, but <laughs> because he was right, people. yeah, I, I think I, I but, was even. I was even thinking about how during that scene and Savitar basically has Barry and all of this dialogue reminds me so much of things Eddie Thon would say. Like mm-hmm. not the Eddie we knew and loved in season one, but the Eddie who came out of season one yeah. <laughs> and sacrificed himself. You know, there's a lot yeah. of resentment, but I also then I watched the preview for next week and Oh boy. Yeah. I have to say that is one of the best edited trailers for a TV show I've seen in a very long time. Totally. Totally. That was a great trailer. It's so creepy. And so what's going to happen is they're going to go into the speed force because clearly that's the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Very. And and they're going to see some people. Now, our friend Holly Anderson, 30, so at Holly Anderson 30, if you're not following her and you're a fan of The Flash, do it. Do it now because the girl's amazing and she's got a lot of insight, very good content. Highly recommend her. Yep. She um, mentioned a theory to us that talks about how it's basically going to be – when he goes into the speed force, it's going to be about his grief over those he's unable to save. Mm-hmm. I did think about one caveat to that, that I'm not sure if it fits. Why is Caitlin in the speed force then? And not only Caitlin, but a baby. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I saw the baby thing and I thought that I was like, oh, is this fake news? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There is, uh, yeah, there's uh, some YouTube videos out there with, yeah, with in game with Barry and Caitlin with kids, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, the, the thing about the Speed Force and we saw it when we with the Runaway Dragon last uh, dinosaur last year, it's it and you know Star Trek my Star Trek fan, fan friends will appreciate me for this. It's like the prophets. From Deep Space Nine, uh-huh. and you know, it basically, 
you see people from your 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 world in in in, in, in at least in Deep Space Nine, it was the Celestial Temple of the Prophets on the Flash. It's the Speed Force, and we right. saw this in Runaway Dinosaur where the Speed Force has manifest manifested itself in Joe as his god. So, I think that's maybe one way they're going to go is why we're seeing all these individuals from our universe in the Speed Force. They're just basically manifestations of of basically Barry's failures. And, yeah. And basically his... And you count Caitlin? Caitlin... Yeah, uh, well, Flashpoint... Her becoming Killer Frost. I, I yeah. I, I mean. I mean that's a failure. I mean he she before Flashpoint Caitlyn was was normal. Now. Oh, okay. I now, get it now. Now she took the failure of Barry because of him. Being, you know maybe the Speed Force is trying to tell Barry back off himself and it's your selfishness, man. You know I I completely forgot and maybe it's because we've always known that eventually this is a storyline. That it wasn't until Flashpoint occurred that Caitlin had powers. So right. there is guilt associated with her in her current state and him taking away that future, that normal future, because like her and a baby, that would be a normal thing. You got Ronnie around, so mm-hmm. baby daddy. Yep. And it's it was all taken away. And, and to go back to your great reference that way at the beginning of this thing, like, rewatch that scene when she's locked up, the monologue, classic line from it. You got you got Iris, who's mm-hmm. your happy ending, and yep. everybody else be damned. Yep. So, so no, I... It's interesting. And why, then why is Jay Garrett there? Well, see, Jay's playing that, that guide role again. So I don't Aww. know if it's... So I don't know if it's... I don't know if Joe... <laughs> I don't know if, it, you know, last time it was Joe. This time, because obviously we didn't know that Real J was, you know, Real J was still locked up on Earth too. So, um, but now Barry has J as his, has his conscience when he comes over from Earth 3. So to me it makes sense. Maybe it, in the Speed Force he's just playing that role. Yeah. Um, no. But, or, or, or somehow... You know, speedster, speedster, spider sense triggered, and he and Jay managed to work his way into the speed force to help Barry there. Uh, yeah. Another interesting, just from the stills of the show uh, uh, for the preview that's been circulating, is the, the Barry's emblem is not on his uniform, and I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, if it's due to some conflict that he's going to have within the Speed Force where he loses it. Maybe the, the mentors get it. I, I'm just not sure. But it's just very interesting to see, you know, just from just a, you know, just a yeah. odd, odd observance. Uh, of Sorry, the, I, I have to digest it. Yeah. Just digesting that fact right now of what it could pop. Because I just continue to think about, like, Fallen Flash and mm-hmm. just... Yeah, and, and, maybe, and maybe that's it. Maybe the Speed Force gods came to them and just cranked it off. It's like, you're not worthy to wear this. Right. Because and then that's, I'm trying to figure out if Cisco did anything to the emblem. or Because I feel like every time they get a new emblem, it's always enhanced by Cisco. I'm like, so does he have to take it off before he can go into the Speed Force? Maybe. <laughs> it could it, be it could, as simple could, as that. It could be as simple as that. It, it very well could be. It, it could be. But... Uh, this I can't wait for next week's episode. I think yeah. it has it, it it has the potential to be uh, a very very strong episode and 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 a, and a good pivot point before we hit hit the hit the next uh, next crossover. Yeah, with music. Yeah, music. But, but I did see I did see the synopsis drop for after the musical. We have uh, Abracadabra. Yeah, and and that's actually so. Do not go into next week and thinking that you're gonna get Savitar secrets revealed. No, again, no. it's this is just like Barry Allen story part two. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a very complimentary episode. Abracadabra is gonna 
have something who is from Earth 19. Right. Which also, um, Accelerator Man, please. Accelerator Man, Maybe. and we're going to have a gypsy appearance, it looks like. Yeah, I and Cisco and see that's why I was going. I didn't want to. I didn't want to tip my hand earlier in, in, in this in our in our discussion here. Cisco the, about the betrayal. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, Cisco from just reading the synopsis it seems that Cisco and Gypsy and, and you know, Barry's going to have a chance to possibly find out who Savitar is. Cadabra oh. and Gypsy and Cisco are going to have is going to play a role in that. Go read the synopsis. No, I I read it, but clearly not as well as you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just I'm just I'm just tossing things out there, and something will stick. But I can yeah. But I mean, I, but you were just, bound. To, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but I just think. This the dynamic that Cisco and Gypsy have right now, and he is just so love struck with her. Uh, I just, you know, his judgment's gonna come into play again, and something funky's gonna happen. I don't know what. Interesting. That's I don't going. know. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I know a lot of folks were you know really hyped about the about the the musical crossover. Uh, I don't have a strong feeling one way or another on it. I think it'll be fun. It'll be a fun, hopefully, bottle show. You know, especially after the last, you know, this week's episode and potentially next week's episode being pretty heavy. Uh, you know, maybe it's just good to have this like La La Land episode. Right. Yeah. It's going to be very. From what I can tell, is. In both shows, there's going to be a lot of relationship angst mm-hmm. that is expressed in song. Yep. So yes, very much La La Land. But yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah, I do see where the uh, I guess there's some of the original uh, music is being provided by the uh, folks from La La Land. So yeah, I very, just want to see Darren Chris again. I miss him. <laughs> I really do. He was one of my favorites on on Glee, and that man can sing. He does an excellent rendition of. Katy Perry's song that I cannot think of. Um, Teenage Dream. Teenage, oh. I thought of it. I'll have to, I'll have to, have to, I'll have to Netflix or Amazon uh, uh, Glee and see that. Yeah, you, you'll that. you'll never look at Barry Allen the same again. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, you're in it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, have well, pull, I'll have to find it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can definitely Google or you, you find on YouTube all the clips of all of their songs. But so I think that's a wrap on this episode. Yeah. Though. I think you're right. I think you're right. It was a uh, it was a very very good very episode. Yep. It uh, pun intended. <laughs> very very good. Very very good. Even though B A B A B A. I'll send it with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, can you tell people where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's at W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at S J Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. And you can follow us both at at Scene and Nerd. That's at Scene and Nerd. Um, friend us on Facebook. Do not talk to Matt Salazar. I'm mad at him. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes and SoundCloud feed. Let us know your thoughts on The Flash Season 3, your thoughts on whatever's going on. Hey, if you watch Arrow, there's a bunch of stuff about Episode 20. Those of you who do know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You can tweet me about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And for now, I will say to you all, good night and geek out. You're welcome.